with another one I'm back from the dead more of a dead soul than anything lately this week was extremely long with work I had to you know I kind of pride myself on uh, being a fucking fine truck driver and I kind of reminisce about the days I've never experienced about being a kind of an outlaw trucker. It's kind of hard to do nowadays with everything electronically logged and cameras everywhere. But I got to be, um, this may or may not be a true story, I got to be an outlaw trucker this week by my own volition. Um, I went from, I spent a couple hours here in town on Wednesday doing a, a haul or two, and then I went down to Lewiston, Idaho to get a uh, giant excavator. Um, that was going to Idaho Falls. Uh, that normally is a full day, maybe a little more trip. Uh, I picked it up around noon on Wednesday, delivered it in Idaho Falls, 7 a.m. on Thursday. Then I went to Cary, Idaho, something like that, middle of, uh, middle of nowhere, like 50 miles east of Boise. Made it there, picked up a tiny machine that was coming up to Kellogg, Idaho, and took the took a I-84, whatever it is. Took that via Kennewick. I got back to Spokane Thursday night. Um, that was 1,600 miles in two days, and then the next day I got up and went and delivered that thing in Kellogg. Did another quick haul and then went goddamn home for the weekend. But that was uh, that was a lot of... So the time when I'm working, even though I'm driving, I'm by myself, I'm listening to music or whatever. Trucking is, is a great job for an introvert. Even though I'm doing that and I'm by myself, it's still not time for me. I can't do anything while I'm driving. I can't look stuff up or I usually can't get out and fly the drone that much. I do uh, sometimes, but there's always this thing in my head saying someone's watching. I'm on the clock. Really, though, I'm not on the clock. Um, I just, I have this, like, this ego thing that wants me to be a fast, um, you know, I always want to be surprising people at work about how quick and fast and good of a job I'm doing. And... They probably don't give a shit, but I give a shit. No good reason why I give a shit, but there's this thing in my head that's just like, you need to, you know, not fuck around too much and get back. And, uh, so yeah, that, spending the whole week, uh, trucking, going to sleep, not waking up at 4.30 at all, which I'm, uh, I mean, it's a slog. It, it's, it's a work in progress, and every morning I don't wake up I end up staying up late to try to get some free time in to do stuff. And then 
that makes it so I don't, I'm not able to wake up early the next morning again. And I reason with myself constantly. I'm like, you need to get some sleep. Don't worry about waking up at 430. You'll do it tomorrow. It never happens. Well, it's got to happen because that is time that I won't be interrupted, um, that I won't feel obligated to, like right now it's the middle of the afternoon. I know Nola's going to wake up at a certain time. We're going to go to the park later. And so I have to be done. But um, if I get up at 4, coming here at 4.30, I got like three hours until I got to head into work, two, three hours, um, you know, sometimes even more. And I can get so much done. And I wrote a little bit about this. It's kind of a mea culpa thing. But anyway, this week and then leading up to the weekend where I also did not wake up at 4 and barely got in here, um, kind of opened... Okay, so here's the deal. I've been, like, semi-depressed all weekend. Not, like, basically just being a slob, not doing anything. We went out on a sushi date with Nola Friday night, and I was just quiet. Like, there was something in me that's just off. And I know what it is. It's... Well, maybe I'll I'll read a little bit what I wrote, if I can read my own handwriting. Um, so this weekend has been a test, or a sort of observation opportunity. I have been in an off mood this weekend, and I kept thinking of all the reasons why life was happening to me this way. How come free time seems out of my reach? Um, time... And more importantly, hold on. And more importantly, the unintended or uninterrupted ability to spend my day or chunk of my time pursuing an individual interest or hobby. Recently, my hobby's been drones, and this one's hitting pretty hard. It's pretty powerful. I've always loved flying. Um,. The DJI drone I got, you fly on your phone. It can go pretty far. It can do some cool things. It can get some great footage. But I found this thing called FPV drone. Uh, uh, I don't know. Freestyle and shit. And these guys can do what this fancy DJI drone cannot do. It can do flips and tricks. And um, there's no real limitations. I mean, it's it's pretty beta. You set up... You, program the thing yourself you can put it together yourself solder and everything like that and i mean you can fly through buildings and they're pretty durable you hit shit and uh i so i got really into that and i ended up ordering one it should be here next week got the the goggles that you fly with they're gonna look fucking stupid but i didn't want to buy the super expensive goggles that make you look cool i wanted to buy the big ones that are inexpensive and are the best inexpensive one I could get. Um, pretty good brand, Eshin, and it's a instead of being two uh, screens that you look into, it's one big screen, so it has to be kind of further out, which looks so stupid. But I didn't want to go balls deep with the goggles because, I mean, even the five hundred dollar goggles, you got to upgrade the antennas, and then you got to upgrade the receiver on it. And this one comes with a good receiver and good antennas. Um, and the, the one I got is good for a really long range with the controller, but not probably not so far with the video. 
but what I want to do with it is do these these video montages. I'm going to do some footage with the DJI drone, which is like it's got a gimbal on it. The camera's on a gimbal, so it stays level and. Um, you can get some fucking beautiful footage with it, but like more cinematic type footage. The freestyle FPV drone, the camera stays fixed. Now, there's two cameras. Well, there's one camera on it, the one you fly with, which is not good for recording. And then you put like a GoPro or something on top of it, angled up, because you're always kind of flying with the back angled uh, upwards. And that stays fixed to the drone. But once you get really good and smooth, you can make some beautiful, like, flow videos of you flying through trees or through buildings or parking garages or down cliffs. You can bomb down the sides of buildings. I can't do that, nor would I want to with the expensive DJI drone. This one, I could, uh, if something breaks, I could pull it apart. It's pretty cheap to replace. I can replace all that stuff myself. Um uh, I think if I break a leg on the drone, um, and the leg is like $2 or something. It's carbon fiber too, which is crazy, but I can replace all the motors. I can solder everything. I can replace the little computer brains in it too. Um, so I'll be a little more risky with it, and I'll have a lot more fun, I think. And the DJI I'll use for getting great. First of all, it's great for still photography. It could stay pretty damn still in the air. Um, I got some great footage over in Thompson Falls. Not Thompson Falls. I keep saying that. Uh, Libby. The other day, I'd like to do a lot more of that. What's I love about this new hobby is it makes me... It takes the... Um, okay, so here's something I, I do like doing. I love trail running. I haven't done it in years. Because getting from not trail running to trail running is the issue. The actual running is great. I know I love it. But getting to it is the issue. I love hiking. I love seeing cool views and stuff like that. But starting planning and then getting to the hiking is the issue with me. It's like, well, I'm reading this book called The War of Art, and Stephen Pressfield calls it The Resistance. Because as soon as you're doing what you know you want to do, you're fine. But it's getting to it. The Resistance that you come up with excuses and externalize all the reasons why you're not doing these things. And um, so this is sort of a hack, but the drone has kind of killed that resistance part a little bit. It makes me want to, like, the point is not to go do a hike. The point is to get some good footage, and it's basically shifted the the point, which let's say, okay, let's let's put it this way. I like hiking. I don't like getting to hiking, but I like when I am hiking. So I just added flying a drone on the end of this equation, and it pushed the hiking part into the the part of getting to flying the drone. And I know if I want to get some good shots, I got to go for a little hike. I got to get away from people. I got to get away from civilization a little bit sometimes, mostly just get away from people. Um, it's really noisy, so I don't like to fly it in like crowded parks and shit like that. Even though I don't think anyone would mind that much. Ah, dogs like to fucking bark at it. Um, so I basically used the drone. The drone is kind of a hack now. That has hacked into that resistance a little bit to get me out doing stuff. But I want the point to be the drone flying. I want I th- what I see other people doing with drones. 
and how they edit it and put music to it is art. And I want to do that art. And I'll put my own spin on it. I can talk. I can make my own music. Um, you know, find the best music to put with it. But I want... I'm sort of getting into cinematography and stuff like that and just videography. And I want that to be something I get good at. Now, putting in the hours is uh, proving to be an issue because of that resistance. And my resistance, what I externalize as my resistance is I don't have the time. I work too much. And when I come home, I'm, for some reason in my head, I feel like my girls want me home. Like, going out to the store is kind of like, it feels to me like a guilty pleasure sneaking away. And it shouldn't feel like that at all. Not even a guilty pleasure, it just feels guilty. Um, and I need to get over that. I know Brittany's okay with, with me going out and doing stuff. But it's... I don't know. It just feels selfish of me. And then I think that I should, let's plan a day of going to this place I scoped out. We can have a picnic there. She can run around. We can enjoy the day. And in the meantime, I can fly my drone too. Like I need to do that. I need to plan it out. I was going to do that this weekend and I never made the plans. But now one thing I do need to do is scope out some spots because I've spent a lot of time just driving around and looking for places to fly. And it's not, it gets frustrating. So what I do is I end up going to Google Maps and looking for something when I can just do that at home, scope some spots out like in detail instead of doing it while I'm driving and then go check them out. And uh, anyway, a little brief tour into my hobby. And right away, um, what I was thinking, like right away when these thoughts were coming up, um, like I immediately knew that these were excuses for uh, squandering the precious allotment of time that I have. And I know that I can do all the things that I want to do, but it's so easy to slip into this mode of externalizing my problems, my reasons why I can't, my roadblocks, and then also externalizing the solutions to those problems, putting them on other people to conform to me. Like, um, I mean, this thought popped up. It's not valid at all, but like telling Brittany that she needs like in order for me to be better as a person, like she needs to like be okay with watching Nola for a whole day. If I go out, that's externalizing the solution. That's not the solution. It's make a plan to do that. Like talk to her about it. Um, maybe make a date out of it with all of us as a family. It doesn't have to be just me. Um, but the, the thing that I like about the drone flying and running and all these other individual like solo pursuits that I have is it's a flow state for me. And I'm not damn Dalai Lama or something. I can't flow with people like trying to get me out of my flow. Um, I need that uh, I need that time to just not be on someone else's time, I guess. 
it's sort of an existential crisis, not crisis, but issue. I've experienced this before, and now that I've experienced it more than once, I know that um, like that it's my failure. It's my failure for not using my time wisely and creating what I put my mind to and I look for reasons outside of myself that that put roadblocks up. I notice when I don't fill my tank of individual pursuit, my family doesn't get the best of me. I start to feel thoughts of resentment creeping in, and then I know something is off because I love my girls with all my heart, every fiber of my being. It's my failure of not making time to fill that tank that throws me into being an uninspired slob on the weekends or, um, you know, just being unprepared and unmotivated. And motivation isn't the issue. It's, it's just doing something. Just not thinking about the motivation part and just getting to the doing of it. It makes me not feel like myself because I am, um, I think I'm pretty individually like when I want to get good at something and I, and in the past I've been free to do it, I've gotten really good at it. And then I, you know, lose interest or something. There's an explorer inside of me and an artist, not, it's not a compliment to me. I mean, an aspiring artist, I guess. Art is kind of in the eye of the beholder. I'll consider myself an artist um, that I keep locked away in favor of um, distraction procrastination which can be a tool but it can also fuck you um there's definitely a writer in me and a speaker that if let out enough would be i think pretty damn good to me at least but it's my fault that i am not using my time wisely i am not making plans i am not taking charge of like Here's what we're going to do Saturday. Um, or, hey, I'm going to go out for a few hours. Do you mind just, you know, you and Nola together for a while? And the shitty thing is like, so I'm gone. I'm not gone a week. I'm home every night. But I work from basically sun up to sundown. And when I get home, you know, I do as much as I can with Nola. I give her a bath. I play with her. I read to her, fall asleep with her a little bit. And then I got like an hour maybe before I should be going to bed. I usually make that two or three hours, which fucks my mornings. But um, so Brittany's with her all week. And so on the weekends, she expects a little break. And I understand that. So I do as much as I can. I wake up with Nola. I cook her breakfast. We play. She's constantly tugging on me. Like, uh, she is definitely a daddy's girl. Like, she wants to do everything with me. And I love it. And I know in the future I'm going to look back on it with, like, such tender, loving care. And But right now I'm like, can I just read a book for, like, two minutes? And then I'll go do <laughs> what you want me to. But... 
it's so like it's if I I noticed this the other the other morning that I got up early and I did some writing, I did some creating, and the rest of the day I was like generally in a good mood and I felt I felt productive. I notice that when I don't do anything productive, I tend to have those resenting thoughts of, hey, can I have some time to myself? When if I just take this time in the morning or plan time during the day and, you know, let people know that this is what I'm going to be doing, then I, then when I do that, I feel more productive. I feel better. Like, and then I can put away my individual pursuit for the day and then go enjoy my family pursuit. And, uh, I just don't do that. I do it very rarely. And that's what makes those resenting, those horrible resenting thoughts creep in those externalizing my problems and solutions. All of that is not someone else's issue. All of that is the solution for all of this comes from me. It's, hey, fix your fucking time, man. Make time. There's always time to make. Nothing should get in your way of what you want to do. It should either come with you or you should put it aside. Like, come with you. Like, when you want to do something, you're not like saying your family should support you no matter what. It's like, make sure you don't um, spend too much time doing this thing and neglecting your family. And so, I think the start of all this is waking up at 4.30 in the morning, 4 in the morning, and, and having that creative time to write, read, podcast, do whatever, and be consistent with it. That is that is the first step in all of this. The second is talking to Brittany and saying, hey, sometimes I just want to go out and do, like, go flying for a bit. I want to go out for the whole day, and there's this crazy place I want to check out and get some good footage of. Like, do you mind? Um, and maybe let's do a family date there together. Um, maybe on or Saturday mornings, I want to wake up and go catch a sunrise somewhere and get some good video of that. Well, then she's got to wake up with Nola. I feel bad about that, so I don't want to introduce that, but I'm pretty sure she'd be okay with it. So what I'm coming to is I've always really, ever since I was, I don't know, mid twenties, I've come to the realization that all the suffering in the world, all your problems, anything like that, anything perceived, it's all inside of you. There's nothing, there's no suffering outside of you, but it's so easy to see it outside of you. It's so easy to externalize your suffering. But suffering is sort of like a switch you can turn on and off inside of you. And we just always leave that switch on. Suffering is always on. You don't realize there's a switch for it. It's like that random switch in your house that no one knows what it does, but it's like, well, something, some, maybe it kills somebody, you know, every time you press it, but it's, you know, it's, it's that, uh, that's enlightenment switch that, you know, you could turn on and off. I had some cool thoughts. I mean, I've been keeping these few comedic or funny observations or not even funny for like two weeks now. And I have not sat down and, and really thought them out. Like, 
that's that's such a simple thing to just sit down and think about this stuff. I've been squandering my time. I really have been. I have one thing I think is squandering my time is just surfing the web um, for like drone shit. I just like I want to go web surfing right now. That's such a '90s thing, web surfing, but it happens. Um, now watching the YouTube videos of these guys doing crazy shit. I think that's useful because it gives me ideas. It's also, I have this simulator I've been working on to get good at flying the, uh, the new drone. And it's definitely helped me watching these guys do what they do, especially when they put a camera on their controller. Um, it's definitely helped me get better in just like a week, but I have time to do that. Right. But I, I don't have time to sit and look at this for a few minutes. Come on now. So it's, I love writing, but it's getting to the writing. It's breaking that resistance. I've, after I read that book, which I think it's going to go pretty quick. Uh, let's see. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I hate the idea of self-help books, and I always find myself buying self-help books. I don't think this is considered a self-help book, though. It's, yeah, I mean, re listen to the slug line break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles. It's definitely a self-help book, but listen, there is a lot of um, good information you can get from reading about how other people experiment with their own lives. And I think this goes beyond someone's own life. I think this is, is pretty universal to everyone. So after I read this, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. I'm not really good at doing book reviews. I was horrible at it in school um uh ged good but uh i think that'll be it for now um obviously i have a lot to work on i would love to drop a few more this week so if i uh i mean i gotta make the commitment to wake up at 4 4 every morning get down here at 4 30 and just do it it's going to be a game changer. I know it. But the problem isn't the waking up. I mean, the problem is the uh, being in control, I guess. Not necessarily in control, but being more disciplined and getting the shit done that I want to get done before I fucking get buried. So that's what it comes down to. I mean, people get... Um, People don't start living until they find out that they're, they're dying. Well, you're always dying. So, when I, I mean, I'm really talking to myself here. I'm always dying. Why not start living? I mean, I got gas issues and my stomach's probably, I don't know, it's going to kill me. But I should really start living before I, uh, I mean, there's certain times I've been close to dying. And just for a few minutes, I'm like, oh, shit, I feel alive. But imagine feeling that every day. I mean, it might be tiring, but it might be pretty awesome for someone like me who wants to get stuff done creatively. Uh, peace out.